being in a transition where some days, some days are good, some days are bad, like still doing my job, still, you know, being my normal self, but like inside I might be hurting a little more some days and not hurting as much the next day. So just remember that like everything comes in time and patience and hard work is worth it. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast where you can find the tools and inspiration necessary to thrive on life. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Thursday to hear the candid conversations I have with guests who are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, it's time to thrive. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Thrive. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and this is episode I don't really know. It's been a couple crazy weeks, and as you'll know if you follow along, I lost my laptop, and I was in LA, and got back, and they miraculously found it, and so two weeks later without podcast release, and here we are. But I am so thankful to be releasing this and to have my laptop back. I won't bore you guys with that because if you follow me on Instagram, then you know all about that. If you don't know about that, then I'm sure you can figure out by my posts. As for a current life update, I just got back from working a little side job actually today where I'm helping my friend out whom has basically like, I call it a little animal sanctuary. She takes in dogs, cats, you know, deer, she has a pig, chickens. Any animal that has had like a rough start or has needed rehabilitated and she takes them in and they live with her and she has an amazing house with her amazing animals and she's an amazing person. And so I was so honored to be able to help her out and I do that about once a week. Besides that, I'm planning a trip to Texas in May (laughs) and I want to hit Seattle still and Florida, but we'll see how those go along. I've been trying to catch up on my IIN. As you guys know, I am doing that to earn a health coach certificate. Although, I will say that, you know, I'm not sure what I'll do with it. I might earn the certification and not do anything with it. Or maybe I'll do something in my local area and help teach people the basics of health. Who knows? But either way, I've been catching up on that. I just signed up to do personal training with my cousin who opened a gym in my local area and I could not be more excited for that as I've always been the type to want to do that, you know, like have a little bit of professional guidance on my workouts, but we never had that available in my near town, like nearby area. And so this will be an experience and I'm excited for that. On to today's guest, we have the amazing Sari Diskin. And I hope I said her last name right. I know I said her first name right, as you'll hear in the episode. But she is the amazing person behind the Instagram and blog and work of Eat Well with Sari. She is just such a bubbly, positive, light-filled person whom also gives the real-life details on her feed and blog, and I just love her for that. I was so honored when she agreed to come on today, and we had a little bit of trouble getting things started with the technology, but it was an amazing conversation that really just flowed. We, d- we just let it go wherever our conversation wanted to go, and it felt really nice to have a conversation like that. We discuss anxiety and her long struggle with it and how she's dealt with it, come to terms with it. She breaks down what anxiety feels like as I'm someone who hasn't really experienced it. And so it was interesting to hear what she describes it as and realize that I have had, obviously, moments of anxiety as I'm sure most of us had. We also discuss how she used both holistic and Western medicine to deal with and heal her anxiety. And it's, you know, it's a journey. And if you suffer from it, then I highly suggest this episode. And even if you don't, if you're someone like me who maybe has had moments of it, still listen. It's so insightful. I'm sure there are people in your life, friends, family, coworkers, people, just people around you who suffer from this or who do with it, deal with it. The more you know, the better you can help them. And I mean, just knowledge is power. So (laughs) I highly advise it. And we also discuss clean beauty a bit. This isn't a in-your-face, like you have to do this, this, and this. We really just break it down and we explain how it's, I like Sari says, it's the dangers and the dose. And you'll see what she means when you listen to this episode. But it's 
really an amazing twist on like, yeah, clean beauty and clean house products are important, but maybe you don't need to go as overboard as you think. So anyway, I just suggest giving it a listen. We also go on a little rant about social media and technology and how it's shaping our current generation and future generations. And it's just a fun conversation. I think you'll connect to it a lot. I know I did. And you know, it's, it's insightful. It's fun. It's light. It's everything I could have wanted from it. And I'm also doing the giveaway still. The details will be at the end of this podcast. If you've listened to the past ones, then you know what I mean. It'll just be extended some since we're two weeks behind schedule on these podcasts. Besides that, I will let you guys go. Thank you for listening to me ramble. And without further ado, here is the phenomenal Sari. I'm happy we're starting at 311 because that's your lucky number. Yeah, anything 11 is my lucky number, so... Mine is two, like two, two. My birthday is two, two. And my, I was born at two pounds. I was like really premature. So two is just like my number. So whenever I look at the yeah. clock and it's like two, like 222, something like that, I always think like, I'm always just like more present in that moment. I like think about, oh, okay, that's the lucky, like what's going on? It's my lucky number. Well, yeah. And just the other day it was, yeah, February 22nd. And my friend, yeah, yeah, my friend sent me a picture of her like phone and it was all the two, 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 twos. And it was her lucky day. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, yeah, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sorry for all the technical glitch stuff, but I'm happy. Sorry, Sorry. it's all good. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be talking with you today. And before we get started, what's one thing that has made you smile today? I, it's sunny. (laughs) It's, I live in Michigan and it's really usually gray at this time of year. And although it's very cold, like it's like 18 degrees Celsius, uh, not Celsius Fahrenheit, it's sunny. So at least that brightens my mood. We got hit with like five inches of snow overnight, but it's okay because it's like the cozy, cozy snow, not the like depressed. I want spring. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Honestly, once March hits, which is like next week or on Friday, once March hits, I just feel like you're over the hump, even though you could still have another like six weeks of bad weather. To me, it's just that positive day. Like it's March. We're almost through the winter. No, exactly. February is always like the hard month for me. It just seems like it takes forever. Although I still can't believe next week is March. Like that just blows my mind. I know. To start off, would you mind giving us all kind of a brief introduction of yourself? Just take us back a bit and explain to anyone who doesn't know you who Sari is. Well, first of all, thanks for pronouncing my name right. Honestly, nobody does. And I've been on a couple podcasts, but it's it's just one of those like weird names that nobody can pronounce. So thank you. (laughs) Someone in my school actually had the name and it took me two years of mispronouncing it to finally. Everybody says sorry or or Siri or oh. <laughs> anyways thank you mm-hmm. um so yes I'm Siri and right now I'm a full-time content creator and health coach I started I'm 29 so I started my career after college I went to grad school for business and I worked in advertising for four years at very big ad agencies And I got just amazing work experience there. I really loved it. I had a great, great role in Toronto, which is where I'm from. So I grew up and was raised there. And then I stayed in the business in advertising when I moved to Detroit, which I moved to because I got married to someone, a guy named Jacob, and he's in med school here. He's just finishing, actually. After our wedding, I moved here. So I had to get my green card and everything. And I started to work in an office here doing kind of like the same thing. And it really just was really not for me, not good for my mental health, not just not good for my career. I could tell like day six, I could tell like, I'm not going to last. It was just really disastrous. So I ended up leaving and after about five months, and then I was kind of looking for other jobs, but everything in Detroit in that industry was automotive based. And I really was not interested. And I would always wanted to do something wellness and nutrition related. It's just something I'm really passionate about. 
one day my brother was just like, just sign up for that program. So I did IIN, um, Institute of Integrated Nutrition. And I kind of started that as I was still looking for a job. And then I started the blog, which at the time was Eat Well Detroit. Um, I was kind of scared to make it about me and put myself out there, to be honest. So I made it like about the area and the city. And there wasn't really anybody doing that like wellness type of thing so much. There was maybe like one or two other people. So it really took off. And then as it started to take off, I used kind of like everything I learned in advertising to sort of turn that into a little bit of a, you know, food photography business, working with brands that evolved through that. And then I changed my name to Eat Well with Sari and really made it about me and my journey and kind of like the foods I love and the life I like to live. So now I run that, like my Instagram and my blog pretty much full time and I do health coaching as well. So kind of fast forward a year and a half, I'm working for myself, which I never thought I would do. And I kind of get to do what I love every day, although it still is a lot of work. I don't see it as like, as that. And I see it as just like pursuing my passions and growing every day in a field that I think is really important to people's lives every day. And also like a business that's cool and growing, like the influencer market is always changing. So it's kind of cool to be in like such a new and ever changing industry. Going back a bit then, you said you had this interest in health and wellness, you know, while you were in this job area that you didn't really like. When did your interest in the health and wellness field really begin? Was that at a young age or, you know, kind of in college or even after that? That's a good question. I I think I, you know what, I was actually thinking about this the other day because somebody asked me this on another podcast. And I think it was around 2013 where I, you know, when I was in college, like I worked out, I started working out in college and I like kind of cared about eating healthy, but not really. Like I would really just work out so that I could drink a lot and like eat late night food and then kind of like was in this cycle of eating and working out just to kind of cancel each other out. And it really didn't have a health, I didn't have a healthy relationship with food nor did I really know anything about nutrition or care about how it was really affecting my body holistically. Um, And then I started to get really into healthy eating after I saw a documentary, which was actually the trigger for me in 2013. It was called Hungry for Change. And I think honestly, if I looked at it now, I wouldn't agree with a lot of the things that it said, but it really just was the first time I had ever thought about really how we nourish our bodies from the inside out, how we nourish our minds, how it's related to so much, you know, chronic illness and, and like really contributes to people's everyday life. And then I started to get really interested in like clean eating. I remember I was living at home at the time. I remember asking my mom to buy like chia seeds and hemp seeds. And she was like, you can spend your own money on that. Like, you know, like they didn't, she didn't really understand. And so that's when I really started to care a lot about healthy eating And at that point, I really cared too much a little bit and did develop a little bit of a disordered way of looking at healthy food. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation, but I was able to work through that and kind of eventually learn how to balance that out and really learn how to listen to my body and figure out what's, what's going to work for me. But I guess in the past, like five, six years, I've really been interested in it and always cared about it. It's, it was really just a point of be having a healthy relationship to a not having a healthy relationship to with it to having a healthy relationship to it that really evolved over the course of the last couple of years. Isn't it crazy how like one documentary or book or something can like change so much? Like for me, it was, I remember I was probably 15 years old and I stumbled upon this blog called a hundred days of real food. And it started by this like couple and they're just trying to promote like families to take like baby steps towards health. The one challenge was to incorporate a vegetable with every meal. And that concept was so foreign to me because I was in the same cycle as you where, you know, I was eating to eat and then I was exercising to like burn off whatever I could. And then like, it was such a toxic relationship. So I started trying to incorporate like one vegetable with every meal and that literally just like changed my life. And then I've never heard of that documentary, but I read a book by Michael Pollan, Pollan, however you say it. (laughs) It was so amazing, like hearing the backstory of the health industry and the wellness and it just like changed my life. And so I always love 
learning where people kind of got their first spark of interest in health and wellness. Totally. And I, I think I've read that same book by Michael Pollan and many other books since on the topic. And I think like, it's, it's so crazy that everyone just kind of has their one thing that, that brings them in. And for some people, like that's, you know, a blogger or someone like me or you sharing their message and how like the way they eat really affects their life beyond the plate. And that's really what I care about sharing, you know, beyond recipes and like pretty food. That really what I care about is sharing that food is such a an, like integral part of how, of the of quality of life. And that's what I want to inspire people to care about. Even if it is just having one vet, one serving of vegetables a day or just drinking more water or moving their body in a way that feels good. It's really just about those baby steps and getting people to see that it is a big part of your everyday life and it's important like for long-term health and just and quality of life I hope to inspire that in others too you I think you certainly do I I know you've inspired me and thank you yeah and especially with recently like coming out about your you know journey with anxiety and I love that because I think like sometimes people share about the anxiety but you've gone so in depth with it that I really like I was, I was reading your, you know, posts about it on the blog and Instagram and it felt so connected. Like you, you put so much thought into it. And so if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Sure. For sure. So, I mean, I, I feel like anxiety is something that's thrown around a lot these days. And like, there's memes about like anxiety and like funny stuff like that. And I think it, is so common and there is a lot of talk about like self-care and self-love and all that stuff and people share like this is what you do and just love yourself and all that stuff but for a lot of people like there is a barrier and whatever they have gone through in their past or they're worried about in the future for some people there is a barrier to get to that place and that really could be depression and anxiety and for me it was really anxiety and I was like I spent so like I get anxious over the silliest things and now like just in in the work I've done on myself I can't even look back on it and I'm like oh that's so silly but in those moments it's not been a type a person I've always done things like always did well in school like was always really on top of it and organized and I mean, I guess growing up, I did have a lot of anxiety that caused me to kind of be hyper productive and really good at everything I did. But I never really under I never really thought about it negatively until I was in a place where, you know, I had moved to a new city and I was really like stressed out and I, you know, didn't know what I was doing with my life and I couldn't really make new friends. Everybody kept moving and I really felt like I was completely out of my comfort zone. So I I started like hyper doing things that my anxiety would previously call productive and just kind of being in that raw space where I didn't know, where I felt like I had to really be in touch with my emotions. I realized that, wow, I've really been struggling with this for so long and I just didn't really acknowledge the feeling. I went to see a psychiatrist um, who I actually really did not like, but prescribed me the medication. And I guess I... I started it and I was at the point where it was just so de- like my anxiety was so debilitating that like just day to day, I just couldn't do anything without like just stressing and like having that constant panic in your heart, which like if anyone who struggles with functioning day to day anxiety, there are days where it's like that. And there are days where it's just like a lingering feeling every day was like that. So I knew like this would be a good choice for me just to see. And it, I was, I had a big stigma that I really didn't want to go on it. And my husband, who's a doc, well, almost a doctor, he's in his last year of med school, you know, even encouraged me to try all these other things first. And together, we kind of decided that it would be a good step for me. So after a couple months, like I didn't, there wasn't a time where I'm like, oh, I'm not anxious anymore. It just kicked in. It was like, things just started to roll off my back a little easier. I noticed I was able to embrace every moment more. I was able to do, get through a yoga class without being anxious. I was able to really like, to like go into this, you know, IIN program and take it eat one day at a time. And I, I just found things got a little bit easier. I can't even pinpoint the exact day or anything or how long it took or anything, but I really felt like, oh, life is just a little lighter. And now because like there's a little bit, there's like something lifted from my mind, I'm able to now do all these other things. So I really saw medication as a catalyst to work on myself. Like I wasn't in a position to 
work on myself every day in a way that would be productive without it. That, like I personally think it saved me in a lot of ways. Not everyone has that experience. Um, but then for a year and a half when I was on it, I really was able to work on all these things and, and embrace all these things like yoga and meditation and writing in my journal and just being the best version of myself that I got to a point where I, where I had thought I had developed enough tools to go off of it. So that's where I am now. Um, I've been off it now for about two months and it's definitely not easy. I feel like the panicky feelings more often, but it's definitely more muted and the mindset that I have now and the tools that I have developed over the, over the course of me working on myself in the past couple of years have really shown that they've worked, they're working. And so I feel good off of it right now. Like some days are harder than others, of course, but I'm happy that I went on it. And the reason I got on Instagram and started talking about it was because like, I didn't think that anyone was talking about medication and there's no way that everyone is that, that people are not on this med on these medications. And just the point, just to prove my point, like when I posted that, I got so many DMS being like, I'm also on it. I want to get off or I was on it for five years. Just so many people have experience with it and aren't talking about it. And I think like that's because people are embarrassed, but it's just, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It doesn't mean you're broken. It just means that you might need a couple different modalities, whether Western or Eastern or the mix of the two to heal yourself. And that's really what I wanted to shed light on. No, that's wonderful because like you said, you know, earlier, you want your work to be more than pretty food pictures. And, you know, every day you're inspiring someone in a little way. But when you can talk about a topic like this that affects so many people and can make people feel so lost, it's so powerful to, you know, be able to use your platform and reach people that otherwise might have continued to feel lost or pressured to do this or do that. Totally. So that that being said, for anyone who hasn't experienced anxiety, how, how would you describe it? Like, say you're at a social event or, you know, during your college years, could you just give an example of kind of the feeling or the mindset you have when your anxiety is at a high? Totally. So I think for people who don't experience anxiety and then they have a period of anxiousness, like they don't, like for example, my husband just got matched for residency but the week before we find out the match results, like he was a mess. And he literally turned to me and was like, is this what you feel like every day? And I was like, yes. <laughs> well, not every day, but a lot. It's basically like, imagine you've been in your car and you're on the highway and you're going to an appointment and then you realize you forget something. And it's like that kind of like that wave of panic comes over you, but it just doesn't go away. And then you have to just live it live through that so or if somebody scares you and your heart sinks that it just that like that that uneasiness just stays there it's really hard and you know sometimes I'll just have that uneasy feeling and I'll and I won't even know how I actually have to be stop and say Siri what are you anxious about right now and sometimes you're literally like oh I forgot to respond to an email or like you know like your mind works in very subconscious ways where things just trigger anxiety in different ways but I think it's just it's a very uncomfortable feeling and then when you get used to it you almost just have to live with it so like sometimes I'll be in a workout class and really the whole time I'm not I'm moving I'm whatever but I'm not present because I'm something has come up that I've remembered in my head or something has given me anxiety where I can't get out of the moment so I think it, it really clouds where you are and doesn't allow you to really see and and feel and live in the moment even though it might appear that you are. So if you have the tools to minimize and, you know, defog the cloud, you know, if this is making any sense a little bit to ease some of that comfort and to have more presence, that's the goal. And, you know, some days are going to be cloudier than others. Some days you're going to feel completely fine, but for somebody who lives with it, it's, it's just sort of a panicky feeling that doesn't go away or it's like somebody nagging behind you, we're making a noise that you're, you just have to either ignore or just live with a hard, it's a hard feeling. Yeah. And that makes complete sense what you're saying with the cloud. And what it reminded me of is, I mean, I get seasonally depressed. I mean, I live yeah. in a place where it is cold, like negative 10 and snowy 
and I see, <laughs> I cannot leave my house for days on end. You know, I, I live that like month, like almost half the year. And so it's like, have you, like, have you ever experienced, I guess, kind of like a seasonal depression and that coupled with anxiety, like, does that make it worse or is it just kind of one and the same? So yes, I have experienced that for sure. Like when I first, when I moved to Michigan from Toronto, you know, I'm Canadian. I grew up in winters a lot, my whole life. So I'm kind of used to that. And I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough and to be able to escape and go down to Florida every once in a while or lately pretty often (laughs) um, because I have family down there. But I definitely felt when I first moved here that I didn't see the sun for like 10, 11 days when the, when the winter first hit. And I realized, whoa, there's way there. And I looked it up. There was like 90 days less of sun in this area that I'm in versus in Toronto because of the lakes around here. So mm-hmm. I was like, and I, it took me like, it took me to experience it to realize that it actually affected me. So I went and got one of those lamps, which I use those um, SAD lights or the LED lights that kind of mimic natural light. I do think they're related. I think people can get blue and very down and unmotivated in the winter. I don't experience that as much. I experience like, I get bummed out when it's not nice weather. And I definitely find myself being a little bit more lethargic or tired on the days where it's cloudy. It's less of a sadness for me. Um, But anxiety, I don't think is as much affected by the weather. It's more about like what's going on in your life and what your triggers are. It can be, it can be coupled with maybe some blueness from the winter, at least for me, but it's not like that doesn't, I don't, I don't experience that as much of a depression, you know, like I don't get, I don't get down and I don't really get depressed as much in the winter. It's more, I'll just have days where I feel like, oh, I'm kind of like winter blues right now, but I don't get into like week or I've never experienced like weeks or months of, of feeling sad. That makes complete sense. I, I, I get that now. Like the anxiety is more definitely more like, you know, of the self, whereas, yeah, yeah, it's not like, yeah. Okay. I got you now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for anyone dealing with this, what would, if you had to kind of sum it up in like a blueprint of where to start to maybe learn more or go to someone for help, where would you suggest they start this journey dealing with anxiety? The first thing I would say is just like acknowledge it. Like some people I think are very anxious and they don't realize that they are. And they, you know, if somebody is very irritable and bitchy, it could be that they're really anxious, but they're not acknowledging the anxiety. And I think the first thing that, you know, I've learned in therapy is, okay, I am an anxious person. I am dealing with this. I am having these feelings. I'm having these thoughts, like just say it out loud, acknowledge it. And then what works for me is having some sort of relief in some way doesn't need to make it go away. So for me, I write and I talk just like, I have like a journal that I kind of just write endless consciousness in when I'm feeling anxious and it could make no sense, but it just is a release of some sort for me and talking to like my husband, talking to my therapist, opening up to people, my friends, just having a a dialogue around it and acknowledging it is the first step. doesn't make it go away, but I think it's really important. And then I'm a huge, you know, proponent person of their, like, I really think therapy helps a lot of people. Some people don't think that I didn't grow up like with a lot of open dialogue about this kind of stuff. So it was really new to me. And it was when I moved here, my husband and his family, you know, are really open and die, you know, talk a lot about this stuff and they're huge fans of therapy. So they encouraged me to do that. I think I would encourage somebody just to talk to somebody. You don't need to be going through like an episode of any sort or a significant, you know, mental health event to go to therapy. I think it's just important for people to talk. And, you know, there's many types of therapy. Some are psychotherapy. Some you go more into your past and kind of learn why you are the way you are. Some people don't want to do that because it might, you know, they don't, might not want to revisit those things. Others are really like, you know, there's CBT, which focuses on how to modify the behaviors and the thoughts now moving forward. So that works for a lot of people. Um, I think just experimenting with different types of therapies and finding what works for you is important. Just having the open-mindedness and just accepting that you have this issue and you have to deal with it. Everybody has something and there's just nothing to be embarrassed about. Blueprint would be accept it, find a way to, to release it in some way, and then talk to somebody. I think it was two episodes 
well, when this comes out, it'll be, it's the fourth episode of the podcast that I talk with Courtney Page about therapy and her experience with it. And we even say like, even if you can find one of those really good friends, that's always there to lend you a shoulder or even there's like the app called Talkspace. If you don't, if you don't want that to an actual therapist, you can, you know, like find a close friend or there's multiple apps, like I said, that Talkspace that allows you to just find someone that you can talk to. And like you said, like talking is such a, like when you say words out loud, I feel like they just click in your head more. And even if like, sometimes I'll say something and I'm like, why did I think that? Like, it makes complete sense now that I've said it out loud. And I think it's such an important tool. Totally. And a lot of the times when you say something out loud, like our thoughts are very, sometimes our thoughts are very intrusive and in our minds, they come up as like something that is such a big deal. And a lot of the times I have to ground myself and say, this is not as big of a deal as you're making it out to be. Like, this is just something you've created in your mind. And then I just kind of let it go. You know, a lot of, I don't, I don't experience a lot of social anxiety. I'm a very like outgoing, social, extroverted person. But for somebody who, you know, I have people in my life who do have that. So for them, if they have a thought in a social situation that's making them anxious, it is the biggest deal ever is if they are naked in that room and everybody's looking at them and pointing it out. So that's just a very tangible example. But when it, when it comes to just the other type of anxiety, it's the same thing. Like you have, it's kind of like this huge elephant in the room that is, that needs to be addressed. So whatever type of anxiety, however it manifests you, whether it's social or situational or, you know, work related or whatever, it's it to everybody, you know, it's really just, there's an elephant in the room and you need to do something about it. And if all it means just saying there's an elephant in the room, then that's what it is. And I mean, like, I think like a lot of people just to shove things to the side and don't really like to deal with it. But physically, our bodies are very receptive to stress. Ignoring things like that can also have long-term effects on our health. So that's another reason why I've been really trying to shed light on you know mental health because I think it's just as important as physical health and very related to physical health. Oh, oh, definitely. And I couldn't agree more. And that being said, like in the blog post you did, you talk about how exercise, like the exercises you were doing even affected your anxiety and how you managed it. I, I believe, yeah, how, I believe you said that you found with cardio, it actually increased your anxiety. Totally. So I was doing, I was a big cardio girl. I felt like I'm not working out unless I do cardio. And, you know, that kind of fed into my unhealthy relationship with food and feeling like I was never doing enough and never, never being enough. So cardio just to me was like a never ending cycle that I was chasing. So like I would push myself so hard in a class, I'd be starving after. So I would eat uncontrollably and then I would feel guilty about it. And then I would push myself even more in a class. And then I started to realize that I was really stressing out my body mentally and physically, and it just didn't do well with me. Like once I had given yoga and bar and other more mindful movements, and I'm not saying cardio can't be mindful, but for me, it, it really just, it allowed me to be in an unhealthy competition with myself, which wasn't healthy. So it just didn't, it didn't serve me in a way that I didn't realize until I gave other things a chance. And a lot of the time, you know, for women, we do a lot, a lot of cardio. It is a lot of cortisol. It's, a lot, it's releasing a lot of cortisol. The stress, that's the stress hormone. Our bodies don't really know the difference between good stress and bad stress all the time. So it could be, it could be leading to other things. I always encourage people to cross train and do different things. But personally, for me, the, the more of the unhealthy relationship with exercise came from cardio. So that's why I'm not as gung-ho about it right now like here and there I'll be like down to do a soul cycle class but for the most part I try to do like a mix of things yeah I, I love that I I really got into yoga and bar just this past year and I find that I feel so much gro- like so much more grounded after a class because like you said I, with cardio I always felt like I was chasing something or trying to hit that next level or trying to go a little bit faster or this and with yoga and bar it's like you have to focus on your body so much. Like you have to feel your muscles and you have to feel your limbs. And it just, it connected my mind to my body so much. And I found that to be so grounding. So I, I definitely agree with, you know, what you were saying that it might not be for everyone that way, but I, I certainly feel what you were feeling. Totally. And I, that's what I do really love about yoga and bar. And I used to think they weren't really exercise or 
oh, I won't burn calories or I won't. But now I feel like, you know, when I do a bar class, I really feel the shake. Or when I'm doing a yoga class, I'm really sweating. But it's not, you're not moving dynamically so intensely like you are in cardio, but you're still getting a really, really good workout. And that's something that comes with giving something a chance. You know, I have clients who are like, oh, I tried bar, I hated it, I couldn't fall along, I didn't feel anything. It really takes like five or six classes to understand, to get that mind-body connect so you really are able to do the exercises right. And I think that just comes from like having a good teacher or going to a good studio. Definitely. And if there's anything else you have about anxiety, I'd love to talk about that. Or talking about stress on the body. And this is kind of a different segue, but okay. we recently did a blog post on natural living and removing the toxins from our home. I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize. Like there's so much on our minds nowadays that the simplicity of removing toxins from our environment just kind of gets forgotten. And to be honest, the toxins in our everyday products can cause so much stress and havoc on the body. Where did you really start with this natural living, removing the toxins from your personal care and daily care lifestyle? That's a good question. I'm definitely, I'm not crazy when it comes to that stuff. Like, I don't think that like every chemical is going to hurt us. And, you know, we can't use Windex once in a while and stuff like that. But what I did realize is as I was you know, building a new home here in Michigan, and I was really into natural wellness, eating well and caring what I put in my body, I started to be like, well, I know, you know, the research that's around now and the, and the, the dialogue is a, is a lot focused also on what you put on your body. So I was very, I started to be interested in that too. And now for the most part, I use non-toxic stuff when I can, but I'm not super crazy about it. And I think people can go overboard and like demonize you know, government for allowing these things to be on the market. And yes, there is a little bit of that. But what I think people need to remember is the danger is in the dose. You know, as much as I disagree with a lot of the things that are on the market, and I think that they they cause issues and people don't know about them, and they shouldn't have, you know, bleach and everything and things like that. I think that, as I said, the danger is in the dose. So unless you're drinking some of these things, it might not have the effects that people think. And I, so, you know, and I talk to my husband about this all the time because, you know, he's in the medical field. So, I mean, chemicals in our cleaning products and medicine isn't, isn't the same, but he is very skeptical and very, like, he always asks, where's that information coming from? Where's the research? Things like that. So he brings me out of the clouds a little when I'm like, we can't use, I can't use lipstick that has, you know, synthetic fragrances in it and, you know, things like that. So I care a lot about it and I do my best, but I try not to allow it to be a source of anxiety for me. And I try to remember that you can't do everything and that a little bit of, you know, just the way you have moderation with food, a little bit of, I don't know why Windex keeps coming up. Like a, a <laughs> Windex isn't going to hurt you um, here and there. And it's really just do the best you can. It is really what I would say. Like things I put in my hair, on my face, I definitely care a lot more about. And I do use like seventh generation. I do use cleaning, um, good cleaning products. But like before I bought that, I had Tide and I didn't want to waste it. So I finished that first, like, things like that. So yeah, I care a lot about that, but I'm definitely pretty balanced and not, not like super rigid about it. Yeah, because like you said, like it's just, you have to find that balance between obviously like what can you afford? Because some of the substitutions yeah. are very expensive. And there's been things that, like I subbed out at the beginning was toothpaste just because I found that to be easy. But like, yes, totally. yeah, like shampoo, I have not found a good shampoo like that's natural for two years now. And I have tried so many. <laughs> so, but, then don't, so then just use the shampoo that you like. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I use the same old stuff that my family uses and you know what, someday I'll maybe find a natural brand, but until then, <laughs> and so for anyone who's looking to just do some like easy swaps, you know, like you said, you do have a couple that you do, where would you suggest they begin? Just the easy things that, you know, most people could swap out that don't, they don't really shake things up too much in your normal routine. Totally. So I think, I mean, Target Nail has like a section with, you know, clean beauty or without those, you know, seven things that I don't even know the names of, but there's like the seven things that are in beauty products. So mm -hmm. start like start if you run out of a facial cleanser buy go and buy one that is cleaner like just take things at one at a time you don't need to like throw everything you have and the same thing with makeup like 
I don't wear a lot of makeup now, but I used to. So I had like a really good makeup, like really expensive, like Bobbi Brown and NARS and all this stuff. And I, well, as I finished things in my makeup, I started to buy like non-toxic ones and experiment and experiment with that. Like, oh, I need a new mascara. Oh, like, let me ask on Instagram what everyone's favorite non-toxic mascara is. And I have like two or three that I kind of rotate with that I found. So it's about one thing at a time. So when you find the need to repurchase something or you're in the market for something, maybe look for an op- like an opportunity to introduce something that's cleaner in your life. That's really where I would start. If someone's like really freaked out and wants to totally restart, I would, I think I would probably start with what I put on my face and on my body first and then kind of move over to the other things because I think you use those the most. So like maybe you use your dishwasher soap like once a week, but you use your face wash way more than that. So I would kind of go with what you use the most and like one thing at a time, look for different options. And there are so many good options now. And even a lot of like mainstream brands are coming, are, you know, changing their formulas and coming out with new things. It's becoming a lot more widespread, which I think is really good. And companies are really starting to know that customers are paying attention more. What are some of the brands you recommend? I know you mentioned seventh generation before and I love them too, but do you have any other yeah, brands or platforms that you suggest? Yeah. So I love um, for makeup. I love Pacifica beauty and wander beauty. Um, I haven't really gotten into the beauty counter and stuff like that. Like I know the products are good, but sometimes just the whole sales part of that kind of bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, so I like those for makeup. I love, there's a brand called everyone products and they're really, really affordable. I use their shampoo and conditioner and their face wash. Um, and then like, I've just collected r- samples from random brands over the years that have been sent to me. Like I'm currently trying out Banish products, which are clean and, you know, really great. And I know a lot of the essential oil companies like doTERRA have good options for like cleaning supplies too. If you are into essential oils, they have good options there. Um, For household products, I use seventh generation, as I said. And yeah, I think that's for the top of my head, that's kind of all I can think of. Pacifica Beauty is really awesome. I also hear good things about Juice Beauty, but that was a little outside of my price range. So I try to, like Pacifica, I think I bought at Whole Foods. Yeah, I love that. I, for cleaning, um, definitely seventh generation. And I use like the Mrs. Myers products. Oh yeah, I use those too. And I use um, Branch Basics. Yes, yes. So I have a couple. I feel like I need to go into my bathroom and like look up what I have. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny too. I noticed when I first started making like small changes, I didn't realize like how many different... (laughs) products we had from like cleaning to self-care and so it it was really good because then I got I told myself like no more until we use these up so like you said I'd make sure we used it all up and then I'd invest in the new one because otherwise you know you just have them sitting around and it causes so much clutter yeah totally and even when I did clean up like I cleaned out my makeup and I was like okay so these like I got a couple new things but then there were a couple like I still use my Becca highlighter, which is quote unquote toxic, but like I use it maybe once a week and I love the way it looks. I also have a non-toxic highlighter, but sometimes I use the other one. And you know, if I'm going to a wedding, there, there's a mascara that I really like. You know, it's really heavy, but I, it looks, it really is dramatic, which if I'm doing a more dramatic makeup look, I'll do that. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I wasn't going to throw out my, my like expensive quote unquote makeup that I would keep for special occasions just because it's, toxic like I don't believe that it's gonna like long term using that mascara like a couple times a year is gonna do anything to me I I try to keep it balanced yeah no and that's important with everything in life as we are coming to see so then also I forgot to mention this earlier but what what did you say you went to college again for before you got into health and wellness oh I totally didn't uh, explain that so I went to the University of Western Ontario in London Ontario in Canada And I did uh, media studies and writing. So I did an honors bachelor's degree in media studies. And then I had a minor in writing. And then I went to grad school for business advertising in Toronto at Humber. So I was was in school for five years. So four undergrad and then one post-grad. But in my undergrad, and I mean, I'm I'm older, but I'm not that old. Like I'm 29, (laughs) but a lot. And I remember my first year of college, 
like Twitter came out and like that's what we were talking about in like media studies and we we're like I just remember that so well like Obama had just got elected and we were talking about Twitter and like it just so much has changed in 10 years it's crazy I know it's, and it's, then it's like a totally different topic but like even two three years ago like the business I'm in wasn't the place it is now so as I was saying before like it's changing so much and it's changing the landscape of tons of things like there are honestly food brands and clothing brands and makeup brands that I don't think would be in business if it weren't for social media like there are those brands that you that are just really good at it and they rose above everybody else and they're completely online and they're able to build completely from social media and I think that's so cool so it is a really cool industry yeah, I was visiting a friend of mine in New York City and we were talking about some of these brands that literally came out of nowhere and then they just exploded on Instagram. And it's like they don't even have to have like a marketing strategy because as long as they get it out to the right people, it, it just goes viral. And totally. And it's so funny to like hear when you when Twitter was first coming out because I, I'm 19 now. So I've just I've always had these things. Like I can't even fully remember, like, I just always remember Facebook. I, I don't really remember when Instagram started up, but it's so, yeah, it's so interesting to see how everything has changed from, like, social media to, like you said, businesses and how they can market and brand themselves. And it's, it's just such, it's a funny world we live in. <laughs> totally. And I think, like, so when I was 19, and I'm only 10 years older than you, which is not that much time but in this in the just the span of how much has changed it really is a lot like I remember when like so when I was 19 I was in my first year of college and like we would take pictures on our digital cameras and then like every three weeks we post 60 pictures to a Facebook album that's all you could post right mm -hmm. like you could only post 60 pictures and like you were only as up-to-date as your last Facebook album now it's like I could post 60 stories last night and you would know exactly what I'm doing in the moment which is just crazy. It's cool, but it's, it's just so, so different. And I, I'm, I guess I'm grateful in a way that it wasn't as all encompassing in those years for me. But I think nowadays, like teenager, like I feel like people grow up faster now because they're kind of exposed to everything right away. Like there isn't as much of that innocent time. Like you know what people 10 years older are doing, you know what people are doing in college because everyone's sharing. So mm -hmm. that's what I think is like a big difference that I've noticed. Like even with some of my younger cousins and stuff yeah no it's, it's, just, it's just the reality of what we live in right now but it's just so different definitely it like, hasn't been that long it's cool I know yeah and it is funny like when you look at it like you're just 10 years older but like yeah it's so crazy and even my younger cousins who are like I don't know it's it's crazy when I you know see them because they know things <laughs> and they've yeah. like, they're on social media and they they're seeing things that were never available to me at that age. And I don't know, like, it's cool. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like, I really wish they weren't on social media because, uh, I mean, it can be good, but it can also be, you know, detrimental to some of the young ones. But I think so too, because you yeah. constantly see everything and then yeah, you're less focused on your immediate like milieu and you're just kind of, it, it, it is a hard to break away from comparing yourself. And I mean, I definitely fall into that trap sometimes too. I think everybody, especially if you have like a blog or an Instagram does for somebody who hasn't fully developed like their sense of character and you know what they want. And not that everybody is not that I'm fully developed in my character and I still have a ways to go. But I think for self-development at that young an age, like, you know, 12, 13, 14, that could be hard. I know like with my kids, I'll definitely, I mean, you can't not have screens because they're mm -hmm. such a big part of our life, but it's really about the balance and understanding when it's time to, to set boundaries will be yeah. hard. This is just an interesting side note, but the other day I listened to Jeanette from Shut the Kale Up. She was on a podcast and she was saying that their kid, they, when they have screen time, they have it like family time. So they all sit down to like watch a movie or watch something. So that way it's, it's like less of the like they just sit there and zone out and more of like a family sit down. And I, I love that. Like I hadn't really thought of it like that, but that's, that's what my parents did too. Like we always sat down and watched a movie or a TV show together. So it was like a family event. And I just, I really like that. So I like that too. It's an I interesting one. It'll be like whatever, you know, I mean, I don't think it was at the technology and social media. There hasn't been anything like it 
in the world. But in every generation, like even my grandparents probably when said, oh, like when we were growing up, we didn't have X. So people adapt and society adapts and things will evolve through different generations and just have to find a way to work around it. And right now it's about technology, I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay, <laughs> we'll get we'll get rambling on about technology <laughs> and how it's changing, and I'll just do some rapid fire questions if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, what's your favorite meal at the moment? Curry, or I love making like a warm curry so with just like so many vegetables and either tofu or shrimp or I just love warming. I'm really into like warming hearty dinners. Yeah. And also just like anything with cauliflower gnocchi. Like I make it at least once a week. Oh, that sounds so, <laughs> so good. good. You've been to New York, like you go to New York City pretty like often, right? Yeah. My sister-in-law lives there. I have a bunch of really good friends who live there. So I'm like, I'm there like two or three times a year. Okay. Have you ever gone to Divya's Kitchen? Divya's? No, but I'll have to add it to my list. Yes. It's like, okay, I don't, I think it's, this is how you say it, the Ayurvedic. Oh, oh yeah, Ayurveda, yeah. Yeah, it's an Ayurvedic restaurant, and so everything is so, oh, it's so good. It's like warm curry dreams, and oh my gosh, it was, it's amazing, yeah. If it's, I have to do that. Yeah, to it's. I'm probably going to be back in the spring, so I'll put it on my list. Yeah, definitely. It's it's so good, and it's not that far from a Van Leeuwen's ice cream, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a couple locations in Van Leeuwen. Yeah, it's a, it's a double bonus. So then we were talking about brands and products before, but do you have a recent, it can be food, health, cleaning, whatever, but do you have a brand or product that you've been loving lately? Yeah. Um, so a couple, I actually, I'm obsessed with Health Warrior, their chia bars and their pumpkin seed bars. They're a brand I've worked with for like seven, eight months now. And I just love all of their stuff. I find like the bar category is really hard because a lot of them are just either way too heavy and dense and have way too much sugar or like I didn't find like there was enough that were like very snack focused, like have this before a workout or in between your meals. They were just so heavy and all of them made my stomach hurt. So I like found these bars and now I'm like so grateful I work with this company. Um, so they're my favorites. I also... I don't eat meat, but I eat dairy and I eat fish, but I also love exploring like plant-based options because I just think it's fun to be able to change things up. So I love the Daya brand. Their cheese or quote unquote cheese <laughs> is melt, like they reformulated it and it melts so well. And I've like been making like just pasta with olive oil and the melty cheese and like nutritional yeast. And it's so good. Just like little things like that. I love Simple Mills. I'll always, always love vital proteins, um, anything from Trader Joe's, the list, the list goes on. I get so excited in grocery stores. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day for a good like snack bar. And I honestly felt so bad that I couldn't tell them anything because I was like, well, if I'm really stretched for time and I have to grab one, you know, I'll go with this brand. But even then, like you said, they were just so heavy and like just a bit too much sugar <laughs> that would just yeah. send me spiraling into a sugar crash pretty soon after. And so I, I don't think I've ever tried Health Warrior. So I'll have to look into those. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend them. I really like them. Okay. And then 2019 has only just begun. But so far, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? That I think, well, just I guess in 2019, I've made a transition off of medication. So I guess something I've learned is just patient. Um, being in a transition where some days, some days are good, some days are bad, like still doing my job, still, you know, being my normal self, but like inside I might be hurting a little more some days and not hurting as much the next day. So just remember that like everything comes in time and patience and hard work is worth it. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I I always need to work on my patience a little bit more. And I find that it comes and goes in waves. Like you said, some days I, I have it, some days I don't. And that's, I think that's something we could all work on. <laughs> totally. Okay. If you could yell one piece of advice from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? Oh, what a good question. <laughs> is, it, do you want, like, is it health related? Oh, no, it can be anything related. Yeah, it can, it can just be anything like... Yeah, I, I always love this because people people have to think about it and it can it can be related to anything. Just if there's one thing that you wished 
everyone could know, what would, what would you tell them? Uh, I, I would just say, I think what people need to have more of is empathy and compassion for others. Like before you, in a world that's so fast and quick to judge about everything, I think just everybody needs to take a step back and remember that everybody is going through something good or bad and that we're all human on one le- on a level and just to remember that like I think the first thing that comes to mind with everything is just all the political discourse right now and how polarizing things are and how divisive the country is right now and I just think everybody needs to take a step back have some compassion and this is obviously so blanketed like I not a you know I don't want to be commenting on politics on yeah podcast, no. but just I think the world would be a better place if people just had more compassion and connected with people on a human level. No, that's beautiful. And I, I will second that. And I hope everyone listening to this <laughs> can hear that and maybe, you know, think about implementing some more of that. I think we can always add a little bit more compassion or empathy towards, you know, little things in our life. So I love that. And I think it would just help us too. even little things like before you you know, honk like crazy or swear at somebody on the road that you just like never know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Try to remember that. Like, obviously, if someone cuts you off or whatever, it's just a waste of your energy too. But definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, there was, um, there was an accident down the road from my house and they had to block off the road and turn everybody back. And these people were getting so mad. And I mean, the guy who wrecked was my neighbor. And you know, there is a very high chance that he was, you know, dead. And right. it made me so mad. Like, you know, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be mad. Like these people, they don't understand that just because their day got a little hiccup in the road, like this man is in serious condition. And so it just plays back to that. Yeah. Just every time, you know, something like that happens, just try to think, you know, how can I turn this around or have some compassion in this moment? So Totally. And I think just leading off of that, what I've also something I've learned lately or really tried to internalize lately is a lot of the time when people are judging you or have something to say, like it's 99% of the time about them. Like, you know, like recently I've received some rude messages on Instagram or like rude things. And I, the first thing I thought was, wow, I feel bad for that person. It's not about me. It's about them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just remembering that a lot of the times when people are project, our people are projecting things about themselves onto you. Yeah, that's so important. Well, that was a lovely note to end this on. And everybody listening, I hope you learned a lot because you just you shared such beautiful insight into anxiety and non toxic living and just life in general. You're you're truly a pleasure to connect with, and you've inspired me so much. So I can't thank you enough for coming on today. You're so welcome. It was such a pleasure to be on and I hope we connect again in the future. Thank you again to Sari for this insightful and fun conversation. I truly loved talking with her on this day and I'm so honored she came on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. If you have any more questions or you want to figure out a bit more about Sari or her work, you can find her on Instagram at eatwellwithsari. I'll link it below as well as her blog. You can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life or my blog. I'll link it below. Both of us are happy to respond to any messages, questions, emails, you name it, that you may have about today's episode or just, you know, in general, anxiety, clean living, any of it. Um, I just want to thank you guys again for having patience with my podcasting as, you know, I said in the beginning, this episode is two weeks late, but it's here and... I'm happy for that and we have some good ones coming up so I'm excited and as always thank you guys and I'm still doing the giveaway so remember share this on your story and tag me go subscribe leave a rate and review on iTunes you'll get your name entered in a giveaway that at the end of March or mid-April since this is all behind a bit I will pick one or two lucky winners to win some pretty neat items and products that I've been sent and I've sort of gathered to make this giveaway for. And I'd really just like to pay you guys back for having patience with me and for following along and supporting me on this project that I truly love doing. So thank you so much and tune in next week for an amazing 
episode. I have two that I'm trying to decide which to reveal first, so I'm not going to disclose anything. Keep an eye on my stories, though. They may get a sneak peek on there. Thank you guys, and I will talk to you next week. Have a good one.